It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Off live on Monday. It's presented by New York Lottery. Glad you could join us. Paul Dottino and Jeff Fiegel's with you today. Our phone number is 973-667-1960. 973-667-1960. You can always find us on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. And you can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts i am at giants wfan he is at jay fiegels if you want to hit us up that way you certainly are welcome to uh jeff rough day yesterday even though the weather was great and it's a lot worse today the giants really have to lick their wounds after a very very ugly 26 to 7 loss to arizona yeah well we're usually talking about victory mondays here today we're not talking about that that's for sure uh just an ugly day yeah, and Giants uh, just could not put it together, and I'm sure we'll get more into the ins and outs of the game. But um, listen, I think Giants are still they're still there. They got a chance, and um, you know, really, I, I think this team just got has to pick up and move on. And I believe they will. They definitely will because I think the leadership and the coaches will will definitely show that they can put this behind them. They'll correct some things and go. That's what you got to do. You got three left. And you got a primetime game this weekend to, to prove to the world that you can come back and recover from that loss. And it was a big one. That was for sure. Three games left on the schedule for the Giants. They're home against Cleveland. They go to Baltimore. Then they come back for Dallas. They are now one full game behind Washington in the NFC East in the race to clinch that one playoff spot that the division is going to have in the postseason. Uh, Washington, of course, uh, coming off two very, 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 very important victories for them as they take care of Pittsburgh and then yesterday San Francisco. Uh, Briefly, I'm going to give you a couple of things here, Jeff, because it just goes back to football 101. And when you lose these three particular things, there's really not much you can do about trying to get out of that game alive. Number one, Giants lost three fumbles they were minus three in turnover ratio. Yep. In the trenches, they allowed eight sacks and 11 quarterback hits. They had one sack and four quarterback hits on Arizona. Mm-hmm. Average starting field position, mm-hmm. and this goes to special teams, Giants, their own 18, Arizona, their own 47. Now, again, Football 101 is a very thick book. There's a lot of stuff in there, a lot of core stuff that are the basis, in my opinion, for still everything that can produce winning football. It's probably, I don't have the math in front of me, but it's been probably proven out over the decades and decades and hundreds of years that the NFL has been around, that if you badly lose those three categories, you're not going to win the game. And, in fact, you're going to get hammered. And that's really what happened to the Giants yesterday. Time of possession in there, too. I mean, you look at that. You only only run 40-something plays um, and only have the ball for 22 minutes. I mean, uh, that goes to show you a little bit about all the three things that you just said. Um, You know, my my take on this game, real quickly, if you will, um, a couple different things, hitting all three phases. Um, I, I thought the the offense, as we know, um, with man coverage versus zone coverage, this offense has a t- tough time um, for one reason. The Well, first of all, when you don't have an offensive line that can hold up uh, with protection against a defense like the Cardinals did yesterday, um, Giants receivers have a very difficult time on man-on-man coverage and getting off of their um, – you know, their, their routes, they just can't get enough. And so if you don't have the time, um, the giants went in last two weeks ago and made adjustments in their running game that proved beneficial. I didn't see very many 13 personnel yesterday. They went away from that, um, defensively and really giants offensively just couldn't get anything going because they just of those, in my opinion, a lot of those two things there defensively, um, 
they just, I'll tell you, there was just, they just ran out of gas. These guys were worn out. But the, the whole game plan, Paul, was let's try to keep Kyler Murray in the pocket, but sending only three and four guys with everybody else out and deployed in coverage gave him plenty of time. And hence the stat, stat that you just said, only how many, four pressures and one sack? Had all the time in the world to throw the football. Um, and then on special teams, just continue to break down in their coverage, especially their punt coverage teams. I mean, where is the directional kicking coming from? Um, that kind of has gone away. I don't know what's going on there, if it's purposely done or Riley is just missing the mark. So, um, And one other thing I, I have a hard time understanding, and maybe somebody can explain to me, um, and maybe there's a reason for it, but I was just always told that when the ball is inside the 10-yard line, you kind of let it go on a punt return. I don't know what Jabril Peppers is doing catching the ball on the on the five-yard line, four-yard line, things like that. I mean, I think you got a better chance of letting that thing go and hitting. You know, the ball is a little – it's not completely round now. It's, and it goes into the end zone most of the time. So just a lot of different things. And the aggressive pass rush, um, a, you know, a team like the Arizona Cardinals, and I'll, I'll get done here in a second – they really just said, okay, you know what? We're going to make Daniel Jones stay in the pocket because we know we can't run. He's got a little bit of an injury. And they just pinned their ears back, and they got to him. So I don't know if this team would have won yesterday, Paul, even with 110% healthy Daniel Jones, the way that that Arizona Cardinals defense played yesterday. You've got to take your hat off to them. They played very, very well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know that the Cardinals could play much better. Um, but it all – they had, a lot to, they had a lot to play for. They still are in the, the hunt here, you know? Oh, <laughs> you could say that they were a much more desperate team than the Giants were, to right, be frank with right. you. Yeah. I mean, the Giants are still sitting in a position where, with three games to go, again, they tie Washington, they win the tiebreaker, so they're one game out with three games to go. That's not an awful position to be in. Nope. Uh, Arizona, uh, they lose yesterday. You can pretty much let the horse out of the barn. They they were pretty much cooked. They would have been in much worse shape than the Giants are this mm-hmm. morning. So I do understand that they may have had more desperation. I think the biggest question for me as I look at this game, Jeff, mm-hmm. I have no idea what in the world has happened to the special teams for the past three weeks. I just don't understand that. Well, Joe Judge is a special teams guru. We know what his plan was going into the season. The special teams was terrific. I don't know what the official matrix of special teams stats indicated, but I'd swear to you they must have been top five in the league, maybe even higher, up until the last three weeks where everything has just gone wrong for them in terms of whether it's a turnover, whether it's giving up returns on kickoffs, giving up returns on punts, you know, not making good decisions in returning the ball. It's just all gone wrong. Even Gano missed a PAT a week ago, and they had a block punt for safety a week ago. I can't understand. It's almost like there was a massive earthquake, and the entire special (laughs) teams unit fell into the crevice. How does that happen? Well, I tried to think about this yesterday after the game, and I knew it was going to be a subject that would come up, and I wanted to have a little bit of substance to it because – you know, this is my bread and butter. I've been around it forever and just trying to, to understand what happens and what goes into this. And all I could come up with was a couple things. Um, look at the and – I, and I looked at this this morning because I didn't have it last night, Paul, um, the participation chart of the players. And my, my, my theory here, and it's not a good one, but I'm just going to give it to you because I don't know if this is the real reason, but I think it does have some substance. When you look at those young linebackers, Coughlin, okay, Cam Brown um, and Tay Crowder. I mean, those guys were core, core special teams guys at the beginning of the year, and they kind of bought their way on, and they played, they played their way onto the roster to play starting football games now. They're, they've been taken off of special teams. I saw the participation. Other than Brown, Coughlin and, and, um, and Crowder played 7% of special teams yesterday. So those guys are really – so I think that has a little bit to do with it, but not everything to do with it. Um, so – and the younger guys, and it's no excuse at all, but I'm trying to find a reason why some of these things are happening. The block punt against Seattle is – it happens. It does. Um, and I just think that it was a well-designed play, and a, it was it was kind of a mental error on Nate Ebner and Devontae. I, think, I don't remember who the other t- uh, guard was that they missed that block. But that was just a mental error on that. Okay, and then the kickoff return, it's just bad blocking. 
Um, you got to stay on your guys. And it's just it's fundamentals. Special teams comes down to that's your guy. You need to stay on him. This is your responsibility. And if you come off of him, he's going to make the play. And it's just a better. It's a matter of game planning and fundamentals and being, you know, your will to beat your guy in front of you. That's what it is. You know, you and I were texting back and forth the other day. Um, all of, kickoff coverage is all about lane discipline. If you get out of your lane, you got to get back in it because everybody has everybody has a responsibility. All the way they count from right to left. The one is the right, uh, R1, R2, R3, R4, R5, and then the kicker, and then you go L5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Every one of those guys have a a responsibility to stay in their lanes, and then once in a while they'll crisscross, but you got to get back into them. And when you don't do that, you create a void in the return, and then the other team can capitalize on it. So um, those are just some of the things, and they've got to button this up. If they're going to go forward the next three weeks and get into the playoffs somehow in some way, uh, this has got to be their bread and butter again. And I think that they, you know, we thought that they would correct it last week, Paul, because we talked about this for two weeks now. But this is three weeks now. That's a little bit alarming to me. Well, maybe they have to make some changes and put some of those guys back on the units. I would think that you probably are going to see that. Um, yeah, I really do. And I and you know, and because we're not there and we don't understand how things happen, but you know, who's punching the buttons over there? You know, is it coach? Is it coach Judge saying I can't? You know, I don't want him on on special teams because I need him on defense. Um, you know, or so. But I think that you know we don't know that. And I'm not saying that that's the case, but these guys have been taken off some of those those special teams units, and I think it's made an impact. All right. The the second thing that was alarming, and I don't necessarily sound the alarm. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily had an answer for this, is that they lost the trenches on both sides in such a horrific way. The offensive line just did not seem to have any answers at all, and and that was puzzling to me. Okay, to be honest, that was puzzling because this line has played so well. Mm -hmm. I mean, seven straight 100-yard rushing performances by the Giants. That goes by the boards yesterday. Obviously, the four-game winning streak, too. But the rushing attack, which has been really so solid. And, and look, I get it. The Cardinals are, are a better rush defense than, than, than some other teams that they've played. Okay, but it still boggles my mind at how they were unable to, you know, pound the football when necessary. And you are right. They did get away from a lot of those heavy formations that they had used last week against Seattle. It's still no excuse not to block it up better with the offensive line. And on the flip side, the defensive line, I maybe they were just worn out because, again, the Cardinals had like 37 minutes time of possession. So maybe they were just gassed. But yeah, that didn't look so. like the defensive line I've seen for the last month either. No. I think they were gassed. Um, I think there was a more indictment on the offensive line than the defensive line because I thought the defense all in I all. I agree with that, by the way, because it was only a 13 nothing game at halftime. There the you defensive go. line had done yeah. everything they could, including a goal line stand yeah. early in the game to try to keep these guys alive. Yeah. And, and again, like the field position, I, I don't care if you were the – you know, the 84 Bears defense, the, I, you know, your starting position is the 46-yard line, 47, whatever it was. That's tough. I mean, you, all you got is you got 15, 20 yards, and, and you're, you're scoring points. Yeah. Um, and so I thought they hung in there pretty well. I thought their secondary did a nice job. You know, Hopkins is, you know, he was going to get his targets. He was going to get his catches. Um, they had to, and they gave Kyler Murray all the time in the world. You know, and I really – and to go back to the defense for the Cardinals – Paul, when you think about – we talk about these guys pinning their ears back. Well, I, I feel like that they could do that yesterday because there was no threat out of Daniel Jones. And even if he was going to run, he, you know, he's not, not 100%. And so um, I feel like that was kind of their game plan. Let's just, let's just go. Let's bring some blitzes that we always do. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> they just they played a great game, had a good, good, perfect game plan. You know, Joe Judge said himself, you know, we got outcoached, we got outplayed. That's basically those two terms right there means you got your butts kicked, and um, and they know that, and so they correct and move on, correct and move on. And then I think the the third and, and other huge headline, but it's kind of like almost not even worth talking about because it was so obvious that Daniel Jones was not right. He yeah. he just was not well, right. How could he be? How and could he be? It was clear from the very get go, and the Cardinals saw it. Yeah. And they clearly 
clearly smelled blood in the water. And, and what do you, and what do you know about competition? I mean, come on, Jeff. Yeah. Anytime well. the opponent knows that you're not right, they sure. will make sure they do everything to take advantage of that. And and listen, I, I and even if Daniel Jones was ninety five percent, he wasn't a hundred, right? And the other thing is, is that. We also tend to forget that this is Daniel Jones's second season in the NFL. This isn't a 10-year veteran that can that has been in, you know, battle tested for time and can show up on Sunday and play without practicing. Um, not many guys can do that, but especially at that position. So I feel like, you know, the missed opportunities during the week for practice certainly affects Daniel Jones's performance at this level because I feel like he's just he's just so young. He still needs those reps and things. So, and we could talk about it all you want about mental reps until you are physically in there, um, and game and game speed and practice speed are so different. Um, so, you know, you just gotta you chalk it up to that. And you know, so and there's so many people that say, oh well, you know, Colt McCoy. Well, look at how he won a game for the for the Giants last week. Well, he managed a game, certainly did. But you can't tell me that you know the Giants. Have, would they have been better off with Colt McCoy? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, the Arizona Cardinals defense came to play football yesterday. Okay? Remember, the offensive line still stunk. So could you imagine Colt McCoy behind that offensive line? What would he have done? Right? You well, don't know. I think with the other factors that we already put forth, it would have been hard for Johnny Unitas to win a game. <laughs> That's right. Okay. It really would I mean, there was It was so a bad many, game. It's it, a bad were, game. There were other areas that were clearly – you know, well below standard that I don't, yeah, I don't think even 150% of Daniel Jones would have won the game yesterday. I, I will only add one other thing, and I want to make this very clear because I know that there's a bunch of people, well, hey, look, I've seen it on Twitter, and I know people are going to want to call about this. In regards to Daniel Jones, he had his only full practice on Friday, okay? That much we know. So he was limited during the week. Friday, he had his only full practice. It was made clear that the medical staff was going to have to evaluate him and if they felt that he could protect himself and it was going to be safe for him to be out on the field that they would give clearance to now the coach and the player discussing it amongst themselves feeling if he was going to be capable of executing the game plan and giving the Giants an opportunity okay you could say whatever you want look we all saw the game we all saw that Daniel was not right but we also don't have nearly the information that the trainers, the coaches, and the players do. So when they evaluate all of the things that are in the soup and they decide this is the way we're going to go because it gives us the best chance to win, you have to believe that they think that is going to give them the best chance to win. They're not going to intentionally either put a guy in harm's way or put a guy out there who they don't believe is going to give them the best chance to succeed. That's just the way it works. Now, did it turn out poorly? Sure it did. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. The Monday morning quarterback is always right. I get that. So before anybody, especially Charlie, gets on the phone and starts crying from the top of his lungs, oh, I should have never should have played him, shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that, should have pulled him out. I get it. Okay, we can say that as much as we want now. We were not in the locker room with the coaches, with the players, and with the trainers going into the game when they are responsible to make the most prudent decision. They made the decision. It didn't work out. Fine. We know it didn't work out. And that's just the name of that tune. Mm-hmm. 973-667-1960. Line one, Scott in Seattle. You're first on the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Hi. Good. Good morning. Hey, Jeff K. Paul. So, uh, obviously, tough loss, right? I mean, but, I, I, you know, I'm a longtime Giants fan. I've been listening to you guys. I picked you up this season. I appreciate what you guys do. Uh, decided to chime in. Uh, I was going to call last week when everyone's high and everyone's, oh, my God, we're going to do this and that. And I, I, I was kind of on the opposite side. I'm like, I'm glad we're where, where we are. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm floating the same high that you guys are, but – realistically this is not a team let's go back to the beginning of the year guys this is not a team we said was going to the playoffs now that we're in december and there's actually a a a glimmer of hope let's not say we're better than we are right i mean arizona was in a slump they played out they you know you guys always say they they come to they get paid too right 
the problem I have is, you know, the first series, uh, the, you, you guys hammered all the points. So it's uh, listening to you guys. I, I listen to these callers calling. I'm like, man, why don't you have an original point? But now that I'm on hold and you guys hammered every point I wanted to go through, it, it makes <laughs> it hard. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, you know, the offensive line, you look at those guys. I mean, when, when Golden comes unblocked and kills somebody, you can put anyone you want back there. Kyler Murray would have got his head ripped off on that unblocked, uh, you know, coming off the edge and, and it was the strip fumble, you know. Uh, Andrew Thomas, obviously, he got beat down. I think, was he uh, attributed to all five of the sacks that that guy had over him, or did they switch him around to get him five sacks? Uh, I felt like at least three or four were definitely on Thomas there. Um, so Scott, I, I have not gone through my complete film study yet. I'll do it tonight. Uh, so I, I don't want to I don't want to come right out and say that. Hey Paul, but but it was rough. Paul, I, Paul, I can tell you, PFF had Thomas for two sacks. The other ones were spread out among the other line. Yeah, well, you know how I feel about okay. that. that oh, I understand. I'm that, just that, giving you a metric that the caller okay. asked for. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, thanks, thanks. That that helps though because I was really going to beat up on that guy if he allowed all five sacks. I don't we, I don't even know the name of the guy that got five sacks and sent their franchise record. Sean Reddick. Yeah, he's, he was a good player coming out of school. Uh, he's Okay, he's okay, but I, I don't think he was supposed to be a five-second game guy. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not the guy coming off the edge anyone even knew about. So for him to destroy our game, uh, uh, Jeff, to your point, thirteen personnel. Where was it? We have we have a one-legged quarterback back there. Why don't we have a heavy set and really just pound these guys in the face and make them hurt to come? Uh, you know, it's it, 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 to your point. Daniel Jones is doing these RPOs back there. There's no read option. Because the man can't run, and the defense knows it. So it, all you're doing is wasting time shoving it in the running back's stomach and pretending to pull it out. He's not coming around the edge on anybody this game. I mean, it was obvious. So uh, I hate to say it, but I think this was Garrett's worst game plan of, of the year, maybe short of the 49ers. But uh, he's, he's been so fantastic for it. I, I hate to even say anything negative about him, but the way they entered this game, uh, and the way special teams, you guys already beat up on them. I'm sure they'll beat up on them more throughout the callers. But uh, between the offense not having the right game plan and the special teams completely uh, imploding for the third week in a row, to your point, Paul, uh, there was no hope. There was no hope in this game to come out alive. And uh, uh, honestly, as a, as a long-term Giants fan, once again, in retrospect, going back to the beginning of the season, I'd rather us not – don't kill me, guys, don't kill me. Uh, I'd rather us not make the playoffs and get the better draft pick because we're not the team we need to be to be that competitive for the next four or five years. I think we need a couple more pieces. It's obvious. Our receivers get no separation. Even when Jan Daniel Jones, the miracle time he had, three seconds, four seconds, he's looking down there. He's like, what are you guys wanting in wheelchairs? Like, there's nobody open. Tate has to make miraculous catches with people draped on his back to – to do anything, I mean, you say a Batman edge rusher. We need we need a a, a class A one receiver that that actually poses a double threat option. You know, so I think once we get that, uh, we'll be better. But let's not give up hope. Sure, we got the playoffs, but honestly, I mean, if we slip and we don't make it, I mean, we get you know fifteen slots better on the draft side. I mean, which I think will help us year two, year three of judges reign and see this thing come together, guys. So I don't know what All you right. think about that. I'll take it off air and and let Thank me know. Thank you, Scott. Uh, appreciate the phone call. 973-667-1960. Quickly, we want to remind you the Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. Um, Jeff, the one thing that, that I would say in looking at the Cardinals, they are a team that, much like the Giants, okay, they got a lot of problems coming from behind. And when they're ahead, it really opens the door on a lot of things that they want to do. And once the Giants got down, you know, 13 nothing at halftime, it started getting ugly, but, but then they get that, that 70-something yard touchdown drive to open the third quarter, and now they're up by three scores, 20 to nothing. And to be, to be frank with you, at that point in time, that game is in the Cardinals' hands, and they've got their foot on the throat of the Giants. And I don't know that there was a whole lot that the Giants were going to be able to do to turn it around. Well, down 20 nothing, I think any team's going to throw your game plan out the window. 
Yeah. Um, so now, and especially if your game plan was to run the football in, in either, you know, whatever way or fashion that you drew it up. Um, so that, that went out the window. And then now you understand what I said earlier. is Now that the game plan is out the window and you're the Arizona Cardinals knowing that Daniel Jones is, diff- is, is having some problems and we're just going to rush you and we're not going to care about him getting outside the pocket because, you know what, we feel that our guys outside and our safeties can handle the man-on-man coverage and uh, that's what happened. So um, very difficult. You're right. And, and there isn't many teams around the National Football League, period, that are down 20 nothing that can come back. That's a, that's a really tough act to follow. What, not follow, tough, just a tough act to do. Um, and not to mention the Giants, you know, they score 19 points against Cincinnati, 17 against Seattle, and only seven points against Arizona. Where is this going? The, the trend is going down, and I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. Well, I think that's what really disturbed me was that, that first drive of the third quarter because at 13 to nothing, you're like, okay, you're two scores down, two possessions down. You know, something good happens on defense or special teams. You may be able to get yeah, a, a touchdown without a lot of sweat and then maybe just, you know, break you back to get another one. But what do the Cardinals do? 11 plays, 77 yards right out of the box to start the third quarter. And you know what's funny about that drive, Jeff? Nothing. Look nothing's at it. Nothing's funny about it. <laughs> no, nothing's funny about it. But what really, what doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, Drake breaks that huge run for, for 36. But the Cardinals converted three third downs on that drive. They did not have another play longer than eight yards. Oh, wow. It was all little tiny pecks, like a woodpecker. Peck, yeah. peck, 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 peck. The one big play by Drake, it was a very annoying and frustrating drive to watch because you knew that if they took it in, it was pretty much going to be, bar, you know, lights out and, and, and close the barn door. And and that's what happened eventually. And it, what a shame because I was even thinking to myself, if you hold them to a field goal there, it's 16 nothing. That's two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. Technically, you're still only two scores down. Mm-hmm. But they were unable to even hold them to a field goal there. That drive, to me, if you really want to chew on something, uh, aside from everything else that was so disastrous, that drive, to me, was extremely disappointing because I thought that was their last gasp to make a defensive stand to keep the game somewhat within reach. Yeah, you, you think that they're going to come out of the tunnel, you know, and make a stop and, you know, get the ball back and then maybe go down and score and, now we got ourselves a ball game, but to give up that type of drive and points is then that's just when the game turns around. The other thing too, Paul, that Lance and I talked about last night on the post game show is that you know their production on first and second down the last five six weeks has been outstanding. They couldn't get anything down on first and second down. And by the way, the last five games in a row, the Arizona Cardinals have given up 51 percent on third downs. So, and Lance had mentioned that of the 11, I think it was 11 of the right around is 11 or 12, I think. Um, the Giants' third downs, eight of them were for seven yards or more. So that just tells you a little bit of story what was happening on first and second downs because they couldn't run the football. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please give responsibly. Hey, Paul. Paul, yeah. I'll, I'll jump in for a second. Jeff, I'll just fight back a little bit on that third down thing because in the first half, they had third downs of three, five, four, seven, and seven yards. Those okay. are fairly reasonable third downs to convert, yet they were only one of six in the first half on third down. So I thought they actually got into pretty decent down and distances in the first half, but they just couldn't convert them. I mean, third and three, third and four, and third and five, you should have a pretty good shot there. Well, those are only three out of the 12 then. Well, but no, I'm talking about in the first half, though, because, that, because that's how you went down, right? You sure. went down because you couldn't move the ball in the first half. Your first five third downs in this game were three, five, seven, four, and seven yards. Those are fairly reasonable, no? Yeah, three of the four were reasonable. You I mean, be able seven to isn't those. bad either. Yeah, yeah, seven. I mean, seven is a number that's still long, though. Um, but you know, and I, again, the three of twelve isn't going to get it done, regardless. You know, so you know what it comes down to uh, on on those. Unfortunately, because the offensive line from the very get go wasn't blocking very well, you're they're they're packing in between the tackles. You're not getting much room to run, and your quarterback is obviously hampered and not able to even move and do what he needs to do. So now the Cardinals are teeing off. They're playing a certain style of defense. They're rushing certain lanes. They're rushing certain gaps, and you're suffocated. 
It's just that simple. I mean, it just the game played exactly the way the Cardinals wanted it to. It, it couldn't have been any better for them. It just went exactly according to their blueprint. Everything that they wanted to happen, happened. Giants uh, checking account, or you can get a Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. And the New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab tests through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. We go back to the phone lines, and Coach Marvin is in Delaware. Hello, Coach. How you doing, Paul? How you oh, we're doing, okay. How are you? Hello. Well, I'm just getting over the uh, COVID-19. I did catch it, so it oh, is real. Oh, my. So everybody, But you're good. Me. Yeah, I'm fine now. I, I, um, I cleared quarantine, and, um, you know, everyone that's listening, please wear your mask, uh, and the, the the states were saying uh, what was going to happen on Thanksgiving, and that's where I did get it. You don't have to get it from a stranger. You can get it from your family member, and I got it from a family member. They didn't know they were that sick, and it was COVID-19. So, everybody's okay now. Say? Yeah, everybody's okay. fine. Thumbs yeah. up, Marvin. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. Yeah, yeah me, um, real quick, I had a couple of things here. Um, as far as the game um, Sunday, um, I used to tell my teams, pretty much all of them, not every year I say the same thing. I'll say something different. But there were, we used to have what we called the three Ps. And we want, I wanted to carry that through the season. And the first one was preparing. You always got to prepare for your opponents and you, within that week. You don't be looking in past anyone. You prepare for that team that you're going to meet that week. The second thing we always wanted to do is practice. So every through that week, you have to be at practice, and you have to practice, and you have to perform in those practices. And we're watching those practices as who's giving their all. And the last and most important um, piece was perform, and that was game day. You must perform, and I didn't see those this weekend. Those three P's really didn't exist. Now, the defense played well. Um, I thought the defense did get tired. Uh, yeah, it, it's very tiresome when your offense is not helping you and giving, you know, at least driving the ball downfield to let you at least get a breather off the field. And I, I felt that they, they were put in position. Uh, I think you guys said what was the average uh, yards you were, they were getting the ball. And that's, that's tough on the defense all day long. That's, that's tough. You've got to have a break somewhere in there. Um, and my other thought was um, Daniel Jones. Um, I'm, I'm not uh, drinking Charlie's uh, water. I'm, I'm sniffing it a little bit, but I'm going to bring something to the table here. And maybe this is the way he needs to explain it. Um, my evaluation of Daniel, I, I went through the whole evaluation when they drafted him. And I wasn't a fan of that pick. I was wrong because I, I thought about uh, uh, my man in uh, D.C., um, can't Ashton. think of his name. Ashton. That was my pick, which was totally wrong. So it tells you where my mind is. Um, <laughs> pick, and I went through the evaluation of him through, through training camp, because I did appear to, at the training camp when he was there. And I went um, and I watched him through the preseason. He did well. He passed everything. The first game he passed, exactly what I was thinking. But there was one part of it that I was worried about that I needed to see, the last part, and he hasn't proven that to me, is when the team start putting your name on the defensive board, when they start attacking you as a person that they need to stop, and he hasn't consistently lived up to that. Those teams are coming after him. And he hasn't lived up to that. And that concerns me in the sense of, is this a long-term? I'm not saying you get rid of him, but you have to question, is it a long-term thing here? Is this something that's an issue for him? Because I know what the issue is. The issue is this guy has guts, really got really, he's a really tough kid. He, very, he has very good um, pocket uh, presence. He'll stand in there and look the barrel of a gun and look right down it and gun it down there. He'll stand and take the hit. Whatever you give him, he's going to get back up. That is a tough player. He's a football player. He's not just a quarterback. He's a football player. But the one concern, he doesn't have pocket awareness. 
and you must have both of those. And he doesn't have the awareness. And I'm noticing it, and they're looking at, well, and I think, um, Paul, you said you're going to look at the film. We need to know what was the blocking scheme. Is he the one that's supposed to pick up the free runner? Does they know they blitzing? We don't even know what, what the call was or any of that. Um, so we, we're going to have to really evaluate that because this is not Joe Judge's guy. I know he works with him. He, he, he accepts him, and that's his quarterback. But that's not who he picked. We have to be aware of that too. Now, I don't think you can get rid of them right now. I don't. I wouldn't do that right now. I, I go back to when they scouted Daniel Jones. When they scouted Daniel Jones, they were talking about Duke, and they were talking about the receiver. Everybody was saying he didn't have pro receivers, so he was doing it on his own. He's still in that mode. We got good receivers. But we don't have outstanding receivers. There's no separation. He has nowhere to go with the ball. If you want him to perform, you must, must give him some people that can separate, people that defenses are scared of. Even if it comes to saying, and this is off the wall, this is a Charlie thinking thing, even if it says bring back Odell Beckham, I'm sorry, Odell, we're wrong for trading. Odell, I'm sorry the way I acted. Let's play together and let's make this thing work because we know for a fact that this guy can separate. Uh, he's hurt now, but I don't, you know, we know what he can do. But you need something like that to bring in, and they have to help Daniel. These guys are not helping him. I love Tate. He's a tough 50-50 ball guy. He'll go get it. Same thing with Chef. He's a 50-50 ball guy. He'll go get it. Um, well, Coach Marvin, uh, I will say this, and, and Jeff has heard me talk about how you need to help out your quarterback and how the Giants haven't done that for years in terms of their receiving core. But they did do it over the course of the last month. And I, and I appreciate the phone call, Marvin. we got we got to move on to some other people. So I'm a big one for that. I, I think a lot of times the quarterback gets hung out because – his receivers are not playing above the X's and the O's, and they're not helping him out. And and it's something that the Giants rarely, rarely get from their receivers. Now, Jeff, a couple of things I want to mention here. Yeah, but because real quickly, you know, playing above the X's and O's, it, that's, that's to me, getting off the line of scrimmage against man coverage is not playing above the X's and O's. No, that's, no. Well, I mean, Tate had a drop ball yesterday on a bomb that certainly could have helped him out. Now, he made sure. one catch. But he catch. made a great catch. He one, made a great yeah. catch, but yeah. then he also had one that was right in his hands yeah. that, that he let go to. And I think I, I think inconsistently they all make great plays. Like I said, Not consistently enough. Yeah. And, so, and that's what makes them not an elite receiving core. Yeah. And um, if you look at some of these teams that have that elite guy, um, that Coach Marvin was talking about, you know, your game plan changes because of that. Hence, DeAndre Hopkins. Sure. Guys like that. Sure. So, you know, the Giants, you know, they, they could use, they really could use a guy of that stature, uh, a, a type of playmaker like a Jefferson or someone, you know, one of those guys would just really ignite an offense that you're building. It would now, be the amazing. The Giants were one of six on third down in the first half, okay? Now, I'm strictly going off of what I saw from my seat uh, at, at the stadium, okay? It appeared as though, and I'm making this very clear because I don't have firsthand knowledge. I was not in the huddle and I was not on the field. But just from looking at the body language and the movement and the pointing and everything else, there are times when it does appear there's an obvious audible being called. So let me just go over the Giants' third-down opportunities in the first half. And I don't know if there's something to this or not, but uh, second possession, third and three from their own eight, appeared there was an audible called. They get an incompleted pass to Slayton on a slant. Their next possession, a third and five from the 36, appeared there was an audible called. They get a sack. When uh, Daniel Jones, to me, appeared to hold the ball much too long, he appeared tentative, and, and he got whacked. Um, their next possession, there was a third and six from their own 14. Again, it looked like there was an audible called. A right crossing pattern to Evan Ingram was defended well. Pass was a little bit off target, and it was incomplete. Uh, let's see. Giants' next possession, third and six from the 50. Again, looked like there was an audible call, incomplete on a left jump ball to Daniel uh, to Darius Slayton. 
Uh, ball was not particularly thrown very well, and again, he was rushed and hurried on the play. Uh, and then their last third down play was on their last drive. It was a third and 21 uh, right near the end of the half. So if you add all of that up, Jeff, um, on four consecutive possessions, there were four consecutive third downs that it did appear there was an audible called, and they were 0 for 4 on each one of them, uh, or 0, 0 for on each one of them, which resulted in 0 for 4. Now, again, so I want to be very careful. I'm not saying they definitely were audibles. It appeared as though they were from the layman sitting out in the stadium. Um, none of those plays seemed to be effective. The Cardinals were all over each of them. So you got to be very careful when you start talking about, well, was it a good play? Was it a bad play? Did he opt out of a good play? Did he opt out of a bad play to one that was worse? Don't know. What mm-hmm. I do know is the Cardinals executed at a really high level. That much I can tell you. I think the one that everybody wants to know if it was an audible was the third and one pass to Shepard. Um, you know, that was the third quarter. Yeah. That's, I mean, okay. I'm, going, I'm going into the second half now, but um, of all of them, I think that was the one that people scratched their head about. It and sounded like, based on what Judge Coach well, there Judge was a said lot after of movement. the game. There was a lot of movement on that play before yeah. the snap. He did say they wanted to take a shot there, though. He said that was in the game plan. They had practiced it all week, and they wanted to take a shot. But who's, who's to say? Yeah. Again, you got to be all careful. Right. Yeah. We go to line one. Len from Columbia. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi. Well, obviously a disappointing day. Actually, a miserable day yesterday <laughs> watching uh, football. Um, you know, we lost, deservedly so. Uh, Jeff, I think you said it. We got beat all over the field. Yep. Uh, it'd be hard to find a player on either side of the ball or special teams that you could single out and say, you know, he played a pretty good game. Uh, I, I, just, I just didn't see it. Uh, our best players didn't play well, and uh, that's how you win. I mean, when you're an eight and eight team, a seven and nine team, a nine and seven team, when you're right there in the middle of the pack, your best players have to carry you. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that happen. Now I'm not gonna, you know, there's probably some excuses for all of them, but you know, the plays just didn't happen like it did the week before against Seattle. You know, uh, Logan Ryan's got to come down with that interception. Um, you expect more from Daniel. I mean, you just go through the whole, you know, the whole routine. But Jeff, you said it best. Put the game behind us. There's nothing to learn from looking at the tape. Nothing to learn. We got three games left. Everything should be about the Browns. Just thinking about the Browns. Don't worry. I, I wouldn't even show the players the tape. There's nothing to show them. I mean, you know, we are who we are. The players are who we got. Uh, you know, I'd look at them today and say, listen, if we're going to the playoffs, it's you guys. Everybody, look at me. It's you guys who are going to get us there. Nobody else. There's nobody coming in from the outside. It's you guys. Let's go beat the Browns one game at a time. I, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's the way you have to look at it. Um, Jeff, I want, to, I, I want to take a shot at, um, you know, what's, what's wrong with special teams Good, the last three or four it. weeks. Um, but but I, I, I don't want to concentrate on the kickers, although, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say something about Riley. Um, you know, he just seems a little slow getting to the ball. There's going to be another block. He just seems a little slow getting there, Jeff. But I, I really want to talk about the coverages. Yeah. And I, I've said this before. You have to have a mind. It's not for everybody. Special yeah, teams, right. covering kicks, kickoffs, and punts, it's just not for everybody. You know, we often, we often say early in the season or even after the draft, they're going to have to make their mark on special teams. Like, that's easy. It's it's not. It takes Jeff. You know better than anybody. It takes a special mindset running down under that ball. Even from the kicker standpoint, it takes a special mindset to be running down there and try to make a tackle. And you just got to find out who those guys are. And with three games left and a shot at the playoffs, those are the guys you put on the field. I mean, if we dress forty-eight and play thirty-seven, I don't care. Put your best guys out on the field and let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, now, I don't know if we can find those guys, Jeff. Well, but you got here. I think we got to look for the mindset guys. I, I mean, it can't be the loss of Cody Core cost us. I mean, I mean ah, come on. It can't be. 
Well, Landy, here's the thing. Up until the last three weeks, well, I you think you could argue that the special teams was the most consistent of the three units. No? In, until the la- Say again, Paul. Until, yeah, until the, the last, last three games. games. Don't you think that, that over the first portion of the schedule, even into the middle third, special teams was more consistent than even the offense and the defense? Well, I think if you ask the uh, – well, let me answer that this way. I, I think if you ask the special teams coaches – and you ask Joe Judge, I think they'll say no. I expected more. I expect more. Really? You, I, I you, really you, do. You, I really do. Uh, Jeff, yeah. I don't know. No, you no, got to no, help me no, out I'm here, Jeff. Talking, the first, no, Nepal, first I'm 10 games. Give, I'm give me a special coverage. team's I'm grade. Len, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Jeff, first 10 well, games of this season, give me a giant special team's grade. Well, rather than give you a grade, let me give you a percentage. Of the games that the Giants – were in or not i mean did they win that that side of the you know that phase of the game more than 75 percent i mean i i would would say say yes i would say they they probably did so and what and how many of those games equated to wins uh it's hard to tell on a you know it you know but i'm i just feel like they they were they weren't making mistakes like they're making now they're these are like these are just critical mistakes ones that cost you football games I mean, listen, the Seattle game, you, you get a block punt. I mean, luckily it was only for a safety, but that could have been a, that could have been a touchdown. It could oh, have been my a different goodness, game. yes. Um, you know, the, the 104 or whatever, the, the kickoff return for touchdown. Yeah, yeah. You know, those things don't happen very often. You know that. I mean, kickoff returns for touchdowns, especially in today's games, are very, very rare. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and just some of the things that, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I really yeah. don't. But let to me, answer your question, hey, I feel hey, – I still... hey, hey, guys, before I forget, let me say one thing. I, I, I was glad to hear that Coach is better um, and that he, you know, he got over the COVID thing. Yeah, that is and that was, that Oh, was, Coach that Marvin, was really yeah, we, we love Coach Marvin. Yeah, We're really yeah, glad I mean, for that's, that. That's really – sure. I wouldn't – I don't want to wish that on, you know, on anybody. So good, good for Coach. I'm glad he came back. Thanks, Lance. Hey, can I say one thing about Murray? Real fast. Okay. I think Murray is the kind of guy, when you watch him on film, you say to yourself, man, he's fast. And then you get on the field with him, Jeff and Paul, and you learn how really fast he is. He's a mosquito. (laughs) That's what he is. He's a mosquito. Yeah, Yeah, I think we took some, you know, know, we don't see him for three years, Um, you know, know, the formal schedule routine. We don't see him for three years, but... um, I thought we I thought we took some bad angles on him a little bit yesterday. I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch the game again. I don't know why, but I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again and I'm gonna look for that. I think we took some bad angles on him. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Thank Let's you, Lane. Giants. Come on, beat Thank the Browns. You. Beat the Browns. You're Take care. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win uh, up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. You know, Jeff, I think one of the things, you know, that that uh, we knew going in, okay, we knew going in that Judge wanted to win special teams, wanted to toughen up the defense, and then the offense would kind of come along however the offensive line was going to grow. And then the offensive line came together, and it, and it, and it was coming along really good. And I think – that that to me is what's so what's such a bummer about this whole thing because the one thing that you thought you could count on after ten games has now just fallen apart like a weak house of cards. Yeah, and that was the thing you could count on. Well, Every coach always knows that going into a week or going into a game, he wants to know that there's something that he can count on that he doesn't have to worry about. Right? It's the yeah. guarantee. This is going to be where it's supposed to be. I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to worry about those guys. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. The one thing that you – and I know you know this, um, and you're going to agree with me, is that you know the special teams units, uh, the special teams coach, is the, the last guy to, to know who's playing, right? I mean, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they go to him and say, listen – uh, so-and-so is off special teams this week. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I had him on every single unit, um, you know, and I'm going to have to because now he's started. Yep. Um, hence, uh, you know, Coughlin, uh, this guy. So, you know, now i got to put a guy in there that's the backup or don't. it's not that easy sometimes. Okay, now the backup's in there, but guess what? The backup played the other another position. So which position is more important? 
do I take him out of his original position and make him now that he's going to move into the guy that's not playing? Well, now I so there's a trickle down effect that happens on special teams that people don't understand. Okay, the probably the most consistent units there are on special teams day in and day out is your field goal protection team because it's basically your offensive line right. and then some big defensive line guys and your defensive your field goal rush team. Those don't vary. Those don't vary all that much. Okay. But your kickoff coverage and your punt coverage teams are the two ones that you need to have the most consistency with, but you have the most variability. It, it comes, there's, there's guys moving in and out. And so a guy that might play the R4 on the kickoff team, he is now starting. The guy that's replacing him on the R4 might have been an, an L3. And so there's little, there's, there's little change-ups in there. And so you know, that's kind of part of the problem. You we talk about you know, some continuity. Special teams has no continuity. It changes constantly, other than your kickers and your snapper and those types of things. But we've also seen what happens when one part of that equation goes bad. <laughs> you know, a few years ago when Zach Diossi had his difficulties, and next thing you know, you know, Aldrick Ross, Rosat, he's missing kicks and everything is all over the place. So right. um, it's a very difficult position to be in, as a, but there's no excuse for it. There's three, there's three really, three special teams coordinators on that staff right now that should be able to work these things out. All right, Jeff, we go back to the phones. It's uh, Charlie from Portland, Maine. Hello, Charlie. Hey, Paul. Hello, hey, Charlie. Hello. Hey, look, I mean, that the score should have been like 48 to 7. I, I mean, you've got to give some credit to our defense. We have. For, you know, we definitely have. Stopping these stopping these guys from just, uh, you know, running up the score. I mean, even, you know, after Daniel Jones fumbled again for like three times in the game, which this guy cannot seem not to do, uh, we stopped him on a fourth and one at the goal line. That should have totally inspired the offense and the whole team. Like, you know, after that play, we, you know, we stopped them. That should have given them some momentum to, to, you know, say, okay, that is great. We're, and and it didn't happen, and it just you know I I I I just don't understand. I can understand if we had Eli Manning and Eli Manning had a hammy, and you said okay, let's play him. You know he because he doesn't run. He's in the pocket. That's what he does. He's not going to move anyway. He can throw the ball. He can make decisions. Daniel's game is half of his game, if not more, is his mobility. They should have understood that. So I don't I don't understand why they allowed it. They were wrong, just like you said. They thought well, they thought wrong. And the other thing is, when I was listening to, I couldn't watch the game here because it's never on anymore. So I had to listen to. I didn't have to, but I mean, I liked listening to Carl and Papa. And it wasn't just that. It was Jones' decision making wasn't very good. On one play, he threw it to Ingram, who had three guys on him, and and Carl saying. There's Lewis yeah, wide in the open. flat, all wide open. Why is he throwing it there? Why isn't he? He didn't even see this guy. How did he not see it? And it wasn't like he was totally rushed and he was, you know. And that didn't happen once. That happened two or three times. So, to me, is like Jones has not corrected his fumbling. In fact, once when he fumbled, he fell on it. He had the ball behind his back in one hand. How did... How do you still do that stuff when they've been telling you to protect it for the last year and a half, almost two years? Why are you still doing that? It's just beyond me. And to Coach Marvin, I'm so glad you're healthy and you're fine and your family's fine. And I'm so glad you're starting to see a little bit what I have been seeing for the last two years almost. Daniel Jones, again, is not the answer for quarterback for our team. Everyone's going to see it. Everyone's going to know it because it keeps happening. It keeps happening. And All I right, Charlie, we're going to try to get somebody one, else in here. Okay, so I appreciate it. Go ahead. Oh, just one more thing. I said Colt McCoy was the best chance for us to win this game, and everybody laughed at me, but I was right. No, you weren't right, Charlie. Too many other things went wrong. Johnny Unitas could not have bailed him out yesterday, and you know better than that. And as far as as far as Coach Marvin, if he's starting to think like you, I think he does need to see a doctor. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, as we uh, wrap things up here, we've got uh, another minute or two. If somebody else wants to get in really, really quick, we will allow that. 
uh, as we wrap up the Giants' loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Again, with three games to go, the Giants trail the Washington Red team by one game. And Washington has got uh, a situation where, you know, they can lock up the division by oh, winning out in their final three. It's it's Seattle, it's Carolina, and it's Philadelphia for yeah. Washington. It's Cleveland, Baltimore, and Dallas for the Giants. Boy, that last week is going to be a doozer. That last weekend of the NFL regular season for not just this division, but for a lot of other things. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend for football. It really is. Well, and think about this, too, as the Giants are playing Dallas and Philly's playing Washington. Now, the NFL you know, reserves the right to announce that flexed game for the Sunday night competition uh, as late as possible. So as of now, they're both 1 o'clock games. They try to keep everybody playing at the same time so people can't necessarily, you know, wait for other games to end to figure out where they're going to be. So, yeah, that's going to be a really, really nerve-wracking day, I suspect, for a lot of people. Uh, Brendan from Montclair, last caller on the show. we got a couple of minutes, so we're going to let you go. Hello. So much, guys. Uh, I will try and be quick. Uh, basically, like everyone said, and uh, I have to give the defense credit. They played really well. Um, I think the offense definitely needed uh, a couple of shots, basically. Um, what I didn't understand, this is one of those weeks where if you're going to play Daniel Jones, you know his mobility is one of his keys, and he's not going to be mobile. Listen, I don't understand – like, or I understand that they wanted to play him. He's our number one guy. But at the same time, this could have been a game plan where Colt McCoy and Daniel Jones should have had the same game plan, um, you know, where you could have had short passes, heavy, you know, heavy packages or something like that, where he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly and as opposed to standing there in the pocket trying to take shots down the field, especially if he can't avoid the rush. You know, I'm going to say one thing real quick here, and then I'm going to let you finish your point. Joe Judge, after the game, said that they thought Jones could protect himself, that he wasn't in harm's way, and that he knew going in that Daniel was probably going to have to take some sacks because he wasn't going to be able to quickly get out of the pocket and run around. He knew that and was willing to accept that as part of the trade-off for having Jones play. So we do need to make you aware that that is a, a downside that Coach Judge had already calculated and was willing to accept the fact that Jones would have to probably take some sacks in this game. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. Uh, at the same time, though, um, I didn't see it in the game plan where you know the ball was getting out of his hands quickly or, or quick reads or, or anything like that. Um, and my other my other question, this is actually for Jeff, since you're on special teams. Um, one of the things I noticed, uh, especially on one of uh, Riley Dixon's kicks, mm-hmm. wh- I'm assuming when the the plan is in, the Gunners know like basically where the target is. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So there was a play where Riley basically kicked it, and I believe the Gunner was DJ Board. Okay. was about five yards away standing on the goal line from where the ball bounced, and it bounced completely into the end zone. Mm-hmm. So, like, why is he not looking up the ball or something like that to see where the point is where he should be? And on the being a touchback, when it could have been down basically inside the five-yard line. Sure. Yeah, I remember that play. A, a lot of times what happens is that they're, they're you know, they're engaged, uh, the defender is holding him up, and and they're told the defenders are told. By the way, when when you when they get inside the ten yard, they leave, because usually that ball's coming down there, and it could actually hit hit the return team, the guy covering the kick, and then the other team can can fall on it, right? So they they get out of the way. So a lot of times those gunners, they just at the last second have to look up and locate the ball. But that's something they work on, and it's a great point by you. But you've got to locate the football in the air. Um, and then you got those guys are in that position for two reasons. Number one, they're fast, they're 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 physical, they can get off of the double teams on the gunners, and they can make plays. They're usually very athletic. Um, you know, so to his fault, he didn't he didn't find the football, and that's where now on on, on Riley's part, when you go on the field, they're telling you we're telling you we're kicking it left, we're kicking it right. Um, there's a call we used to call it 
um, New York for the right side of the United States, L.A. for the left, and we used to call Kansas City to the middle. So, you know, going on in the field, it's, it's L.A., L.A., so that means we're going left. Um, and if, if Riley kicks the ball to the right, the coverage team is going to be completely out of, you know, out of coverage. So a lot of stuff that goes into those kicks. It's a good question. Good stuff, Jeff. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll do this again real soon. And, folks, so we appreciate your participation as always. Uh, that is all for Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Paul Dottino. So long, everybody.